Well, good morning, Journey. Welcome to Easter Sunday. And if you're not from Journey, but you're tuning in, we are so glad that you are worshiping with us today. Happy Easter to you, to your family. Thank you for being a part of our Easter celebration. Look, before we jump into the teaching this morning, I want you to take just a minute and have someone in your home, your living room, someone in your group right there, take a picture of you as you're watching the worship service. Just grab somebody's phone. Uh, if you're by yourself, take a selfie. Uh, you can put me in the background. I'll wave to you. Put me in the background. Or just get a, gr- a picture of your group and then email it to Zach with an H, Z-A-C-H, Zach, at welcometojourney.com. We want everybody who's watching today to send us a picture of you watching the service. And don't wait to the end. We need you to do it right now. So take just a minute, take the picture, email it to Zach at welcometojourney.com. Well, this is, I think we can agree, the craziest Easter we have ever experienced in our lives. I've seen some of you posting uh, posts that that read something like this. Uh, I'm tired of saying this is crazy, but this is crazy. It really is. I mean, we're we're sheltering in place. We, We can't physically be together even for Easter Sunday. This is a crazy, we can't even get a haircut. Probably we need to pray just a little bit for all of those middle school boys whose moms are cutting their hair right now. I mean, being a middle school boy is tough enough by itself, but now you got mom trying to give you a haircut. This is a difficult time. This is a strange Easter. We can't even get a haircut. Here's my commitment to you just just from, uh, from my perspective. I will go man bun before I go mullet. That's just where I am. That's my position. I'm proud of it. I am one of the few people in my demographic who can say they have never had a mullet. And I plan to keep that streak going even through the pandemic. So just me to you. I'm going man bun before I go mullet. It is a crazy Easter that we're living through. Some of you know our family. Uh, I have three daughters, uh, married to Julie, so four women. Uh, Two of my daughters have been away at college. One's a junior in high school, and now the college students are back home. And some of you remember what it was like to go away to college and then have to come back home and live under the same roof as mom and dad. That's about how it's going at our house. The other thing uh, they're discovering is they're no longer on the meal plan. Uh, they, they no longer have cafeteria food. There is actually food in the pantry now. The refrigerator is actually stocked and my grocery bill is higher than it's been in a really long time. Anybody else finding that to be true? Uh, we're not able to go out and eat as much and so it just seems like we're buying groceries all the time. I should have bought stock in Kroger before all of this started because we're just having to buy more groceries and more groceries. Same, same thing uh, with our trash. Anybody taking the trash out five times a day? That's what's happening at our house. Like every 90 minutes, I look at the trash and think, I just took the trash out. How is it full again? If you work in the sanitation industry, we are so grateful for you. And I just want to apologize for our house and the amount of trash we're creating right now. 
Looking forward to everything getting back to normal. Uh, dishwashers the same way. It's the revolving cycle of loading and unloading, loading and unloading again and again all throughout the day. What I have noticed is uh, the washing machine is not getting as much use as it once did. It's not really a revolving cycle with the washing machine. I, I know a lot of you are working from home now. We're we're sheltering in place, and uh, we're wearing the same clothes just about every day. All right. That's the story of a lot of our lives. Uh, I saw this meme online this week. Uh, every day I put off showering because I'm going to exercise first, but then I never exercise, so then I never shower, and now we're in a real pickle. Now, some of you are in a real pickle right now. You're, 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 the rest of your family doesn't want to tell you, so I'm going to tell you. You need to take a shower today. At some point today, you just need to take a shower, change clothes. Uh, we're still in the toilet paper crisis. Uh, I took this picture. Uh, this is the Monroe Walmart circa any moment of any day right now. This is what every grocery store Every Walmart, every Target looks like on the toilet paper aisle. We're at a point where uh, you really have to strategize for toilet paper. You can't just decide to go get some. You, we're all keeping close inventories of just how much toilet paper we have in the house because you know you've got to plan a few weeks in advance. I remember a couple of years ago when gas prices were so high, everybody was posting online where the cheaper gas was. Hey, you can get cheap gas here. This, this gas station has lower prices. Now we're all posting where you can get toilet paper. That, that is the world that we're living in. Crazy Easter. People are wearing masks. I remember in, in, pra, in past uh, illnesses and crises, you would see news reports from other places in the world of people wearing masks. And, and my thought was always, wow, it must be, must be really difficult to live there. Man, they, they really got it. Bad there. Now you see masks everywhere. You, you go to the store and people are wearing masks. And, and I'm pro-mask. Like I'm for mask. We should listen to the advice that we're getting. I'm just saying this is a really crazy Easter that we're experiencing. If you're not in our church, back in January, we started the year with a series called Next Ten and, and, and we talked about the next decade, it's 2020, the next 10 years of our life and how do we maximize those and what might God want to do in our lives over the next 10 years. What we didn't know in January was that April was going to feel like 10 years. That would have been a useful bit of information when we started the, this year off. It's crazy. Like you, I'm tired of saying this is crazy, but it's crazy, right? All, all over the country, all over the world, churches are empty today. The one day that they're usually packed, I mean, this is the Sunday that we usually have extra services. We have to add a service or two or three to accommodate all the people. We, we spend hours strategizing how to get everybody parked and then get them out so the next service can get parked. Sometimes we hire an off-duty officer to control traffic flow out at the road. Usually, churches 
all around the world are packed on this day, but not today. This is a crazy Easter. But I'm, I'm fairly certain this is not the craziest Easter. The craziest Easter ever, the strangest, most bizarre, unexpected Easter ever happened 2,000 years ago. It was the first Easter. The first Easter when nothing was what you expected. The, the first Easter when empty became the greatest news ever. Empty became good news. Now, I tried to think of some ways that empty means good news now, and it's pretty hard to think of those ways because empty usually means bad news, and an empty gas tank is bad news. You got somebody in your house, I know, because every house has somebody that drives the car until it's empty, drives the car until it's running on fumes, and usually at that point, that driver switches cars and takes somebody else's car, so somebody else will have to fill up the empty tank. Empty is not good news. Empty bank accounts, not good news. Empty refrigerator is not good news. Empty promises is not good news. But 2,000 years ago, there was a Sunday morning when empty became the greatest news ever. Today, we celebrate the moment that empty became synonymous with hope. Empty became synonymous with eternal life. Empty became synonymous with power, with life, with goodness, with joy. Empty was the greatest news ever 2,000 years ago. And it's still the greatest news today. Jesus had been crucified. He had given his life away. His friends and family and followers had watched him die. And then a friend, a guy by the name of Joseph, buried Jesus. This is how Luke tells the story in Luke chapter 23. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. It was a surreal moment for the disciples and for the, the friends of Jesus. Their, their world had shifted. It, it had changed in just a couple of hours. The disciples had spent the time in the upper room sharing the Last Supper with Jesus, and, and everything was perfect. They were celebrating one of the most sacred traditions of the Jewish people. It was a reminder that, that God had rescued His people out of darkness and slavery in Egypt. For 400 years, they had suffered under the rule of Pharaoh, and God, through miracles, had brought them safely out. He had protected them through the plagues. By sacrificing a lamb, they had spared their families, their households from death. And 
God had brought them out miraculously and year after year they would celebrate this wonderful moment. And that night in the upper room, the disciples had celebrated that moment with Jesus. He had prayed for them. He had washed their feet. He had taught them. And in just a couple of hours, everything went from normal to crazy. Everything went from It's perfect till we don't know what's happening. Now, the the juxtaposition of the Passover meal and the disciples hiding, sheltering in place, hiding in their homes is, is kind of stark if you think about it. They had just been celebrating a miracle working God. They had just been celebrating the power of God to deliver His people, to protect His people. And now they're afraid. Now now their world is turned upside down. Now they don't know who to turn to. You and I can be the same way in our lives. We can look back on times when God was faithful and, and, and we can think, well, God came through then and God was enough then and God was powerful then. But if we're not careful, we can forget how powerful he was in the past because of what we're facing currently, because of what's right in front of us. Or we can begin to think this is the time that God doesn't come through. I know he came through all of those other times. I know we read about his power in the Bible. I know that I've seen him at work in my life in the past, but this is the one. This is the big one. This is the big one that God can't handle. That's why... Easter Sunday is a great time, especially the crazy Easter Sunday that we're experiencing today. This is the perfect time to be reminded that this time is just like all the other times to God. This time. What we're experiencing right now, this time, is just like all the other times. And I, and I don't mean to minimize what we're going through. I'm not trying to be insensitive to the, to the loss or the pain. I'm just trying to say that God's just as strong this Easter as he was the first Easter. I mean, if we're going to celebrate a God that can bring his son back from the dead 2,000 years ago, then let's celebrate a God that's still just as powerful today. He's the same God. This time, God is still powerful. This time, God is still good. This time, God is still loving. This this time, God is still full of grace and mercy. This time, God is working all things together for our good, just like He did last time. This time that we're experiencing this crazy, this shake-up of our world, all of the uncertainty, this time for God is just like all the times. Because He's just as good. And powerful. And if we're going to celebrate the power that he displayed 2,000 years ago, we need to celebrate that he's capable of displaying that same power this time. Another thing we learned from the first Easter is that when our world seems to stop, God's still moving. When our world hits the brakes, when our world comes unglued, when our world seems to stop, like, like our world in some ways has seemed to stop, the normalcy that we were used to has certainly stopped. When our world seems to stop, God hasn't stopped. God is still moving. God is still active. God, God is still at work. On that 
first Easter as the, as the disciples waited in, in loneliness and in, in darkness, in confusion, God was still working. God had been working. The Bible says that before the foundation of the world, this plan for God to send a Savior was already in place. In Genesis chapter 3, when we sinned, when we disobeyed God, God made a promise that He was one day going to send somebody who would ultimately defeat evil. That person was going to come. And then God, God gave us the law and Revealed His holiness to us. And, and, and we saw our distance from the righteousness and the holiness of God. But God taught His people about sacrifice. That when we come up short, when we don't measure up, when we disobey, that God provides a sacrifice in our place so that we could be made right. So that we would understand one day an ultimate sacrifice was going to come, God gave the tabernacle in the Old Testament to say to his people, I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to be a tabernacle in your midst so that one day we would be ready when the Son of God would come and dwell with us. He would tabernacle with us. He would be with us. God's plan was moving all along. God gave priests who would be a mediator between humans and God. They would go before God on behalf of the people so that one day we would be ready when the great high priest would come and be our ultimate mediator who would make peace between God and people. God sent kings who would rule and reign so that one day we would be ready when the king that is above all kings, Jesus, would come and establish his kingdom. He would reign. He would sit on a throne. He would conquer death and evil. Look, God's plan had been at work all along. God was at work. They, they didn't understand the plan. They, they didn't understand all the details of the plan, but God was at work. Look, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know all of God's plans through what we're experiencing. I, I'm just not. I, I'm not smart enough to know if this was predicted in some way or find a Bible verse that relates to the pandemic. I, I'm not smart enough to figure all of that out. But I, I trust God enough to know that he's at work. I trust God enough to know that even through what I don't understand and what I can't explain, God is moving and God is at work. And even though my world seems out of control, God's still in control. Even though I don't understand fully, God is still powerful and loving and all-knowing and all-wise. See, here's... Here's a place we have to get to sometimes when everything seems out of control. We have to remember that the world is not out of control, but I'm not in control either. The world's not out of control. The world seems out of control. The world sometimes feels out of control, especially right now. But, but I've got to remember the world's not out of control, but, but I'm not in control either. You had the disciples that first Easter on the one hand who just felt completely out of control. They didn't know what was going to happen next. On the other hand, you had religious leaders and, and the Roman officials who thought they were in control. 
Like they thought they'd figured everything out. They'd put an end to this Jesus, and they were going to stamp out, stomp out his movement once and for all. This is what Matthew says about them in Matthew 27. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priest and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver, speaking of Jesus, said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. Religious leaders, the Roman officials, they thought, we got this under control. We can handle this. We're not going to let things spin wildly out of control. We are in control, but they weren't in control. They weren't deciding what was going to happen next. They weren't in charge of the next act. You see, there's a, there's a difference when we go through struggles, when we go through difficult times, times we can't explain, there's a difference between the panic and anxiety of feeling out of control and the arrogance of thinking, I'm in control. We're not in control right now. We're not running the agenda Right now, none of us know how long this is going to last. How many more crazy Sundays we're going to have, or crazy Mondays we're going to, crazy Tuesday? We can't even keep up with what day it is now. That's how crazy it is. None of us are in control of that. None, none of us know which projections are right, or which expert to listen to, or or who to believe. None of us are in control. But if we can realize that. We don't have control, but the world's not out of control because God is still in control. Then we're going to be okay through this. We don't have control. I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know all the answers. I can solve all the problems for what we're going through. We're not in control, but I don't need to be tempted to think the world's out of control because God is still in control. Control. Listen, if God was in control on the first Easter, He's in control this Easter. If God had everything covered Easter 2,000 years ago, He's got everything covered this Easter. He's in control. Easter teaches us something else. Easter teaches us that the worst moment doesn't define the rest of our moments. The worst moment is not going to define the rest of our moments. You ever had a worst moment? Ever had a bad moment? I, I, I've had a lot of bad moments. I've had a lot of worst moments. What a, what a beautiful principle from Easter to be reminded. Our worst moments don't get to define all the rest of the moments. Friday looked like the worst moment. Saturday looked like the worst moment to the disciples, but it wasn't. It wasn't the definition of all the rest of the moments. Because the worst moment was going to be overshadowed by the greatest moment. Behind the worst moment was coming the greatest 
moment. That's what Easter teaches us. This is how it happened from Matthew's gospel. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. The worst moment was followed by the greatest moment. God had come in the flesh. He had lived in this world. Then he had laid his life down. Jesus gave his life away in what looked like the worst moment. But that first crazy Easter, Jesus comes back conquering death, hell, and the graves. What we call the good news. It's good news that God did not leave us in our sin. God did not leave us separated from him. But he gave us the ability to be reunited in our relationship, for our sins to be forgiven, for all of the ways we don't measure up to be covered by His grace and His mercy. That's the greatest moment. It's really the only moment that matters. When Christ came back, defeating death so that you and I could have life. Look, here's what I know. I know that your Easter is not what you thought it was going to be this year. Normally, on this day, many of us are preparing for a house full of people. We've got family coming over. We've got friends coming over. We're trying to figure out where everybody's going to sit. We're bringing in extra tables and rearranging the furniture. We're, We're planning for a huge Easter egg hunt. All the cousins and nieces and nephews are going to be in the yard. The neighbors are all going to come over. It's going to be huge. Oh, maybe for some of you, you normally would have shopped for a new outfit, right? found just the right colors, and maybe you, you, you have little kids, you make sure they all match, and you're going to wear the, the perfect Easter outfit. It's not going to be that way, is it? Easter at churches is, I don't have to tell you, it's strange. Empty churches on Easter, it's strange. Six weeks ago, no pastor thought we would be preaching to empty rooms on Easter Sunday. No pastor thought that. As a matter of fact, if we could rewind the, the calendar six weeks and you could walk up to all the pastors and say, hey, guess what, everybody? Uh, nobody's coming to your Easter service this year. We would have resigned because if you're a pastor and you can't get people to come on Easter, you don't need to be a pastor anymore. We would have all walked away. This is a strange Easter. It's a crazy Easter. You're not going to be gathering with large crowds. There's no 
huge community egg hunts. There were no big church egg hunts. There was no pictures with bunnies. There was no mall Easter bunny, which is probably okay because I've never seen a mall Easter bunny that didn't look creepy. So it's probably okay that we're not doing that. There's no new outfits. The sweatpants you've been in the last three days are going to have to be good enough. There's no large crowd coming for dinner. Everything's just sort of been stripped away this year. Every little extra thing just kind of been stripped away. But maybe that's a good thing this year. You see, this Easter, we're just left with the story. We're just left with the story of a God who sent His Son to earth to be our Savior, who healed and loved and showed compassion, was ultimately rejected, gave His life away, rose again on the third day so that we could have eternal life. We're just left with a story. And this Easter maybe is a good time for all of us to ask, is that enough? Is that enough? For however long our faith doesn't have buildings or crowds, for, for however long our, our faith doesn't have all of the extras which can be nice and can be beneficial, but if all we have is the confidence that God loved us enough to send a Savior. God loved us enough to allow Him to be our sacrifice and the power to raise Him from the dead. Is that enough today? Is that enough? Does my faith stand boldly and strongly, unwavering on the simple truth that Jesus died and Jesus rose again and new life can be found in him you're watching today and for some reason you're watching this worship service and you watched all the way to the end for whatever reason maybe habit maybe you felt guilty maybe you're part of our church for some reason you watched all the way to the end and so I want to ask you do you know this Jesus? Do you know him? Have you put your faith in this Jesus that we talk about every Easter, but this year with, without the new clothes and without the extras and the pictures? Is that enough? Is Jesus enough? Have you allowed Jesus to be a part of your life? Have you trusted Him that much? Have you admitted that you've disobeyed God and you need the forgiveness that we've talked about this Easter? Have you done that? Because if not, this would be the day. You're still listening. You're, you're still here. This would be the day if you're not confident that you have a relationship with Jesus. That's what Easter is about. That's the only thing Easter is about. Is God wanting a relationship with us? 
wanting to forgive our sins. I want to encourage you right there in your home no matter how many people are with you or maybe you're just by yourself right where you are let Jesus be enough let Jesus be enough regardless of what happens tomorrow or next week regardless of how out of control you may feel right now let Jesus be enough turn your life over to him Step into a relationship with Him. He loves you. He died for you. He rose again. If that's you, if you you need a relationship with Jesus today, I want to encourage you to to pray with me. I'm going to just lead you right now and invite you in your own words to commit your life to Jesus wherever you are in this moment. Don't let it pass without you committing your life to Christ. Just pray something like this. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son for me. I know that I've disobeyed you But I believe Jesus provides forgiveness through his life, death, and resurrection. I commit my life to Jesus and I receive the eternal life that Jesus gives to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if that's you, we want to know that you gave your life to Christ through our Connect card or through the comments through whatever medium you're watching, just let us know today's the day that you gave your life to Christ. It's a crazy Easter. It's a crazy Easter. But Easter's kind of crazy anyway. Thank goodness we serve a God that went to every measure so that we could become a part of his family. Let's pray. God, thank you. As strange as it is that churches are empty, we rejoice that empty is a good thing today. Empty is the greatest news today because the tomb is still empty and Jesus is alive. So may we celebrate well. Not with all the extra stuff because we're going to be missing a lot of that today. But may we declare with our lives that Jesus is enough. The love and grace and mercy of Jesus is enough. And we celebrate that today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.